Red Zone. What is up? And welcome to the Sense and Nasty podcast, a podcast brought to you by the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Andrew, or as many of you know me as Andy, since Spencer and Moji have revived my pre-elementary school nickname and brought it into Red Zone fruition. Um, I'm sorry if you hear my blinker. I'm doing this in my car. Um, I do have like a 30-minute commute. I doubt this takes 30 minutes. It might. If it does, I apologize for you guys having to listen to me that long. But like I said, uh, I'm driving, so this is going to be some like some little little tidbit thoughts. I'm not diving too far into this. I did a little research. I'm going to try to look at while I'm driving, but I'm not trying to die today. But um, not too far in depth, just my takes on things, my breakdowns, my thoughts. Um, some of you may completely disagree because I'm an idiot. So we'll get after it. Um, you know, we're winding down. Um, and we're not having a lot of media, and I need a better Madden 22 team draft pick, so this works out perfect for everybody. Um, I do want to continue doing these things if you guys enjoy it. I'm sorry I don't have an intro or anything like the podcast, or I don't know how to do all the editing, and even as soon as I probably put my car in park, I'm going to post this and get it out. So uh, let's get into it. Today I'm going to be breaking down the top 10 teams from each conference since we are getting down to the nitty-gritty there are a lot of close races still to clinch a playoff spot but we do have the teams kind of rising to the top that could make it there um and there's teams that could fall out of the picture um there's a lot of teams that these last few games are going to mean a lot to that they have to get some w's to cement themselves in the playoffs so uh we're going to break those down uh to the best of my ability um oh need to go on this one yeah, I'm already already driving the wrong way because I'm not driving to my house and driving my buddies. But um, so let's get into it. So we're getting to the point in the cycle, I guess, kind of how Jim said, where GM work is really um, starting to show um, how guys built their teams and drafted their teams and uh, made signings because a lot of our core guys that we started the um, – started the cycle with maybe getting super old some may be retired um so now it's all about how you developed your young players how you drafted um the signings that you made on some young guys um so that's that's really cool to see um i guess you know how like jim said how moji really have really built that squad and just completely rebuilt it um, with some good gm work but we'll cover that here in literally probably about two minutes but um, so really cool to see. Let's get into it. Like I said, we're gonna uh, we're gonna start off in the AFC, um, the always fun conference, um, my conference. Um, let's get into it. So we got. Uh, I don't think these are all in order anymore, but I tried to start them off in order. But I assumed King John was first in the AFC, so I put him first, and I had to do wiggle around that and do some changes. But I was at work, so I couldn't really get caught on my phone that much. So we have Moji in New York. Um, obviously, your defending champion. Um, as I kind of alluded to earlier, he did make the GM moves to set himself up for a kind of full cycle success. Um, you know, he hung out, uh, hung with Sam for a little bit, decided his team was getting old. He traded for a young guy. Um, he traded for a guy like Bobby Wagner, who was still old but really good. And as soon as Bobby started kind of hitting that downward slope, Moji got rid of him because he wasn't winning the title and he knew it was time to bring in something else 
Um, he took my third round pick for like a 75 overall Bobby Wagner. When I agreed to the trade, he was an 81, and then we advanced, and then he regressed, and Moji got a steal, even though I don't know what he got with that pick. I probably should have done some research, but I don't know how it could have. But, uh, like, just great GMing from him um, throughout the whole um, the whole cycle. Um, he's been trading with guys like Spencer and myself for, uh, like, who will have early picks, um, trading those good players for early picks, basically. Um, let's see what else I have. Um, yeah, like he just kept the talent as long as he felt needed to and then made the moves to uh, do something a little different. We're going to go down to Aston in Denver. Um, his wide receiver development obviously is a huge key to his success. He, does, he did have Jerry Judy, who I believe is a superstar dev, kind of out of the box already. Um, he got Cortland Sutton to I'm pretty sure superstar don't think he got him to x-factor quite yet um he did as everybody probably assumed did get drew lock up to a um think low 90 overall right now um it's kind of shocking to me aston didn't hasn't won a super bowl yet but you know like i said when i came in aston was kind of the top dog and kind of winning them all i have a lot of respect for that man on the madden sticks because that's that was uh I'll tell you, when I beat him, man, I felt like I just won five Super Bowls because that was, like, the, in my mind, the top dog of the red zone, you know. Um, he has that uh, linebacker, Marcus Miner, who um, I kind of remember on his team Twitter when he was coming to be um, the animal that he is. His development of him was really great. I don't even think he was a top um, draft pick, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was kind of in the later rounds, and um, Aston took him and developed him. Um, he has, uh, uh, Terrell Kendricks, a 97 overall cornerback as well. Um, I think if I, uh, looked at daddy leaks correctly outside of his, I think second year running back or third year running back, he has a 90 overall in every starting skill position as his like number one guy. Um, so that's always great. Um, I wish I could say the same thing, but I can't, um, my defensive backs, I think my best one's like an 83. But, yeah, so that's just accredited to his development, uh, his development skills. And, um, like, he did make some moves, but he really, um, he really built the guys that he had. Um, he had a younger team coming in. Uh, he did get rid of Von Miller, obviously. But the, the young talent he had, he held on to, and he developed them to be really great players. Um, now, I think IJ is ahead of KJ in the Daddy League standing, so we'll go ahead with IJ. Um, his, his defense is just amazing. Um, obviously, you have Derwin James and Kenneth Murray. Um, his offense, nothing as look when I was looking at it, nothing really popped out at me and excited me about his offense. But his defense is really going to be the thing that he anchors on and tries to push him through. And he, uh, you know, it depends on his matchup um, in the playoffs, how far he will get. Um, it, he may, um, like him against King John, which they wouldn't really face because they'll be top seeds probably, most likely. But that's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be whose offense is better. Um, like Aston with the super high-powered offenses, can that defense hold on? And if they can't, can that offense push him through? Um, now we're going to go to King John over in the AFC North at in Pittsburgh. Um, King, everyone knows that me and King John have, maybe not everyone, have had some, I guess, some, not really heated battles, but some discussions 
in the chat about the user D line, which everyone knows my thoughts on it. I'm doing it again because I'm close to a playoff spot and that's my only chance. So I like, I feel bad for doing it. So if I play you on a user D line, I'm sorry. I just want to make the red zone playoffs before Spencer does. After that, I will sit back in my linebacker and let you guys throw over my head all day. Um, but you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the full uh, superstar defensive line usering, but you know, I will give props to him on that because he did build that defensive line to, in order to even do that, he got Chris Jones, who is a freaking pain in my, what insert word there. Um, he got Chris Jones and he does wonders with him. And, you know, he built that, that, uh, that defensive line to how he wanted to play. And I credit him for that. I, I, it may not be fun for me to play against, but, you know, he did. Uh, he built that, so I will give credit to him. Um, and then, you know, when he first started off in the cycle, um, his offense kind of struggled because Pittsburgh offensively doesn't have anybody out the box that you can rely on. You have James Conner, who's man. You have Juju, who's decent. Um, he's no, like, he's not... At the time, I don't think he would have been a top 10 wide receiver in the league, maybe not even top 15. You have Claypool, who's a rookie, um, who you have would have to take time to develop him. He had Big Ben. I don't know what – I can't remember what he did with him. I think he kind of dumped him early and just benched him. But that all kind of turned around when he got Kendrick Babineau. And um, then his offense really started opening up. And he, after he got a solid run game, he had to find a serviceable quarterback. Nothing too crazy, though. And I think that's what King John has done. He is um, he is building his team around the style that he wants to play, and I think that's why he's so successful now. Um, but we'll move on to metal over there in Houston. Um, the talent that he has is super old, so he really has a small window to be great if he wants to. You know, he has Deshaun, he has Zeke, he's got Juju, Mike Williams, Vander S, Shaq Griffin. Um, so that's not a lot of guys that are going to be – I think we have three seasons left, so they might – some of them might be hitting that little downward slope, so they'll be good, but they they won't be um, won't be amazing, you know. Uh, but um, Metal Skull, from just the few times I've played him, you know, he plays his game. He's gonna try to make you adjust to his game. He plays slow. He plays methodical. He stays composed. He's not he's not uh, just from my experiences. He might play you guys differently, but he's gonna play his style of football. Um, Black Magic over there in Miami. He has a great offensive line. He has a great defensive line, so I can only assume he does it too because, like, you know, at first it, it was just, I think, KJ, but I didn't play Black Magic. And then, then Black Magic, I think he did it when I played him again. And now, now Longville is trying to do it. And then, so I assume just everybody on that whole side. I think R Fox maybe tried to do it against me too. I think everybody in that little that little clan over there is slowly forming to the user D line with amazing fronts. But like I said, you know, if that's their key to success, uh, people are gonna get frustrated when someone else is doing something that they can't really stop. You can call it cheese, you can call it whatever, but that's just that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um Beside, overall wise, besides Tua, um, there's the offense is meh. Um, defensively, he has really bad quarterbacks, cornerbacks, not quarterbacks, cornerbacks. Um, just from what I saw in Daddy Leagues, but a good pass rush can hide that if they can get to the quarterback quick. 
and not give them time to be too exposed. Um, we have myself over there in Cincinnati. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I'm 7-4 and four right now, which I'm not. I'm excited about it. I hope I can make that push. But if you know, if you ask any of my friends that play me, like I am a professional choke artist. Like some people thrive under pressure. I get so nervous and like worry too much about making a mistake that I make a mistake. And that's, that's my thing. Um, so I have to stay composed. I have a tough rest of my schedule. I play Pat, who's a defending champ. I play Spencer, who destroyed me last time. Um, I play Tico and Longville. That may be the rest of my schedule. There might be one more if, I, if I'm thinking for I don't know. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on me. Um, we have Spitta in Kansas City, um, who's finally, uh, well, over the past few seasons, have been bringing that Kansas City team to where they should be. Um, he has fantastic defensive backs, and that's what I think he prides his team on himself on, is uh, stopping the pass. Um, so he has great DBs. I mean, you know you have Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes on that team, so it's already, like, it doesn't matter who else is there. It's a great offensive personnel. Um, he may struggle to stop a good running team. I don't think his defensive line, has, you know, he doesn't have Chris Jones anymore. He hasn't for a while. Um, so he may struggle to stop a good running team. But that offense, if it's clicking and he's playing well, can um, can compete with anybody. I think he proved that last year. Um, we have JP over there in Buffalo who's on the bubble. Congratulations, JP. All these most disappointing team and crap. You're sick of it, and I hear you. I'm proud of you, my man. Um, so happy for JP. He's got a great defensive line, great defense all around. Um his, he has AK for his probably last couple good years. I think he's 30 or 29 or something. Um, and then I wish he still has Stephon Diggs. I can't remember how that situation went if JP meant to tag him and then missed it or something. And then Adele got him. Um, I can, I'd imagine his record would be a little bit better with Diggs than it is now. But uh, you never know. Those are uh, what ifs. Um, so now we have another defending champion of the Moji coaching tree, Pat, in um, Jacksonville. Obviously, like I said, former champ. He has the greatest CPU-generated quarterback of this cycle, Dan the Archer Archer. Um, he's another guy like Aston who's kind of built the players that he's had. Um, DJ Chark, Josh Allen, Miles Jack, CJ Henderson, Leonard Fournette. Um, all around, he just has a fantastic team. And um, that's really, like, credits to Pat on his, um, like, ass and his team building, um, or not team building, his player development, where it didn't, he didn't have to make a bunch of crazy moves to go get a solid team. He kind of took his lumps early um, in the Minshew years, and then he went and got his squad where he felt like it should be. Um, so, yeah. Congratulations to you, Pat, on the championship, Super Bowl. Um, I just pulled to the gas station. We're going to take a quick break and restart this in a minute. Sorry for the little delay. We will move over to the AFC. We have, or NFC, we have Kelly and ATL, um, who has the Carter-Walker combo. I would, when I looked, I figured... Carter would be a little higher overall than he is now. Um, that was a little shock to me. Um, everyone knows Kelly has a great air raid with um, Ridley and 
uh, Megatron, uh, how to Walker, that's his name. Um, he has a great O line. He has a fantastic secondary. Um, Kelly's um, obviously another former champ who was always liable to probably make something happen. You know, um, uh, I probably know less about the NFC than I do AFC just because that's not my stomping grounds. But um, the NFC South has been putting on. Um, four, all four of them really can make it. Um, two of them are top two in the um the nfc right now so speaking of number two let's get over there to my man toff um toff has had um post brady he's done a lot better than i thought he would um he's got devin white who think devin white in my opinion devin white and devin bush are two of the best um young linebackers in the game just because our all-around skill set um I can't, I don't know the extent of Toff's team. Um, I know he saw Ronald Jones. Uh, he has him up to superstar. Um, goodness, I just played him too, and he won because I had a double fumble six in OT, and I'm so mad about it. Um, but I, he does have Dak. Um, I hurt Dak. I think Dak will be back for his playoff push, and even after that, he has Higgins, the guy he drafted and tried to run with for a little bit. So, um but Toff can make some noise. He's doing really well. Um, I think at this point, everybody expected Kelly to kind of dog walk everybody over there in the South. And he may be in, um, in user games. I haven't looked at the schedule, like I said, and they're, um, they're out. Of, I know they play AFC North out of conference because I played all of them. Um, Kelly smacked me. But, um, you know, they're putting up. Uh, that's a really good division right now in this year. I mean, even Malik, who I won't cover in this pod because he wasn't in at least the Daddy League's top 10, um, who's also really good. And he's not off. He's not out of playoff contention by any means. Um, I think he's like six and five right now. I just beat him last night because I got a goal line stand with eight seconds to go on the one yard line. Um, but Malik can make some noise as well. Um, so just that division as a whole. So, uh, let me get over to my um, my notes again. Um, so now we have White Greg and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, White Greg, like, White Greg probably doesn't like three-fourths of the league. Um, but I kind of, like, for him, I hope he makes the playoffs. Um, White Greg is just a super competitive guy. Um, I can tell, like I said, he doesn't care about a lot of people in the league, but he does care about the league. Um, he takes it very seriously, and I think it would be nice for him to finally get there in the playoffs um, and see what he can do. I know he's been uh, struggling at it for a while. Um, there's had some, he's had some seasons where um, we thought he would, and then he didn't. He started off with the Dallas roster, which is a really great roster, and he just couldn't get there, and he's traded off a lot of his starting major assets in Vander Esch and Amari Cooper, um, Zeke, Dak. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he traded D-Law too, which at this point wouldn't be that great to have on the squad. But just that starting roster for him to um, lose all those guys and still make something happen um, is really cool. He has Dan the Archer's little brother, which might might be the uh, – might be the reason why if I see an archer, I might need to draft him and trade Burrow off. But so I uh, hope White Greg does it. I think Adele said in the chat earlier 
it's going to be the most legendary thing when he blows this. I hope he doesn't. I hope you don't, White Greg, Zach, whatever you want me to call you. I hope you make it, man. Um, that'd be cool. Really hope that you get in there. Um, number four, the Philadelphia Eagles and Kamish Adele, um, or as everyone in the league calls him, Daddy. I do not do that. But um, I, everyone knows uh, Adele's um, kind of M.O. Um, he has a great team just all around, Miles Sanders, um, Jalen Rager, he got the addition of Stephon Diggs, um, just offensively that the, uh, the development of Miles Sanders was huge for him. Um, I believe he has him to a 99 overall, which is absolutely insane. So, um, uh, but I hope, I hope Adele doesn't win another one because I don't want to see Jalen Hurts win anything. And that's just my, uh. I have a very one-sided beef with Jalen Hurts. If you want to know the story, I don't have time to cover it right now, um, but we can cover it. You can DM me. I will gladly explain it to you why I have a very strong one-sided beef with Jalen Hurts. Um, but Adele can also, he's former champion. A lot of these guys are former champions that are just staying in it. Um, can do something. Hope he doesn't. Now we have Ramesu. And the Arizona Cardinals, who's always in playoff talk. Um, a lot of these guys, um, besides White Greg, are not – it's not anything new for them to be covered in a pod like this. Um, Ramesu with Kyler Murray, who's always in the MVP talks. Isaiah Simmons, who's might be the biggest um, – probably the best rookie from that rookie class that we had coming in. I, I took Burrow and crapped on him. Um, Herbie and Tua haven't been that great. Um, they've been, I mean, they've, they've probably been better than Burrow. I'm not saying that they're bad, but um, this is probably Isaiah Sam is probably a lot better. But um, so uh, he's just always there. Um, you, you know what you're going to get with him as well. He doesn't have um, Kenyon Drake anymore. Obviously, he hasn't for a couple seasons. But I think he's another guy that can still – do what needs to be done to get him a chip. We're going to move on to number six. We're going to, that's going to be the, um, the new Orleans saints. And if me and Spencer both make it, then that's going to take away my whole user and D line thing. Um, if you guys in the NFC can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I have an understanding, especially after looking at his, uh, his depth chart of Spencer's kind of game plan when it comes to football, He's going to have two really good man corners and man you out. And he knows your receivers are clamped, and he's just going to use your slot guy. So you really have nowhere to throw to. He's got Marshawn. He's got Goldsberry, who I think Goldsberry had a 90-man coverage. Marshawn had 99. Um, but that's Spencer's thing. Offensively, he can get it clicking. Yes, he did kind of waste the best roster starting off. But now he's – back in it and he's not being the, uh, the doormat everybody thought he would be I'm happy for him um, I do play him a couple weeks I'm not going to overhype the game just for me to get smacked left and right again but it is what it is uh, moving on to seven we have Ikem and the San Francisco 49ers Lamar Jackson finally may be making some noise with not Ikem sorry Ikem I apologize man uh, Ernest I'm driving and I'm like looking at my GPS. I think I just missed my turn, but Ernest and the 49ers with Lamar Jackson. 
Um, if I cut this out again, it might sound really bad. I'm about to pull up to the place I need to be. So I will get on earnest next time we continue this podcast. Zone, welcome to part three of my podcast. I didn't think we'd end up lasting long, but here we are. Um, I've been doing this while I've been driving from Mobile to Daphne and Daphne to Mobile and so now we are on the final track back to Mobile before the end of the podcast and it's like a 30 minute drive and this won't drag on another 30 minutes. So um, I left off with Ernest and Sam Fran. Um, he does have Lamar Jackson. Um, Ernest um, really, I guess, hasn't been as successful with Lamar as everyone thought. Um, we thought he'd be bringing in some rings by now and he hasn't really gotten there yet. Not saying he won't get there, but just um, as of right now, he doesn't have any. He could, um, but everyone knows Ernest is a guy that has won. I think he won the first Super Bowl, went to the second, and lost it. Um, so that's another guy with championship pedigree in the playoffs. Like I said, a lot of these guys are. There's not a lot of guys that um, are shockers that are in the playoffs or haven't won. So um, Ernest is going to make some noise whoever he plays against. I think that um, just in the division that he's in um, may be a reason why his record is the way that it is. But um, we could see something from Ernest in the playoffs here, and I fully expect that. Um, I think Ernest maybe if the if the um, the records stay how it is and the seating stays how it is, I think Ernest is going to be my dark horse to uh, make some noise so let's move on now we have Icom in Minnesota and last night I had my uh, my mistake of saying Icom was in San Fran I knew Icom was going to be in this somehow and here he is um, Icom is really starting to build that team uh, build Minnesota up how he wanted it um, he did get a lot of draft picks um, for Cameron Killings and those might as Adele did that article on them um, a lot of them have come to fruition and been uh, some role players for that team um, and he's really uh, he's really built that roster to how he needs to get it to be successful especially in a division like his you know um, where it's not the hardest division by any means so with him being able to keep a record and he might have a hold in that division um, as long as he continues to win games, especially those division games, because um, if you win all your division games, that's six wins unto itself. So um, his out of conference or out of conference, out of division games are going to be huge into um, cementing his uh, playoff spot as of right now. Ikem is at the eighth spot. Moving up, he is in this podcast. Moving down to nine, moving down to Malik. Um, kind of somewhat covered on him earlier because I didn't think he was in the top ten. But now we have every NFC South team in the top ten of the NFC right now. Um, I really don't know what more I can say on this. Um, Malik, uh, I mean, he has a pretty good. Um, he has some good defense alignment. I know he's got my boy Derek Brown. Um, he has Dante Jackson. I just played him like two nights ago, so I'm kind of fresh on his roster. 
Uh, I think Daniel Jones is his starting quarterback, though. Uh, I can't – I know he doesn't have McCaffrey anymore because he traded him to Jim. Uh, he has Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is a superstar dev now. And uh, he did get hurt in the game that I played him. I'm not sure the severity of that injury, so the length it would be. But if he loses to Cam Akers, that would be big in any kind of playoff hopes that he would hope to have. Um, he's going to have to rely on his defense. He has DJ Moore um, as a superstar. Uh, he may have – I think he has one more superstar receiver, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember, though. Um, but Malik is always a guy who's been steady, who, who can always uh, win some games that you don't ex maybe expect him to win. He's, he hasn't been a uh, pushover by any means. Um, we all kind of – just from what I've heard, I think everybody kind of expected him to not – um, to always be hanging around in the near playoff um, picture, maybe not playoffs every year, but also not as myself and a, a two-win um, league's going to be in the top ten type thing. So, um, and these are all guys that I hope can make some noise. I, I had fun playing against Malik and I almost freaking lost. I probably, I I got, I was up with like 30 seconds to go or something like that. He had one timeout. I got two pass interference calls. I put him on my one, and we got two goal line stands to win the freaking game. And so that was a, that was a really fun game. I was shaking after it. Like, my heart was – I could hear it. I could hear my heart, like, pounding, man. But it was super fun. He was super fun to play. Um, everybody in the NFC South really is fun to play, um, even though Kelly just took my manhood from me. It, it was still fun. So uh, – Hope Malik can make some noise too. I'm really, really uh, pushing for these bottom seeds to um, to make some noise, but I'm not sure how much they can um, with the top seed seeding being the way it is right now. But yeah, time will tell. And let's move over to number 10, R Fox in Detroit. Um, R Fox is coming into his own, I guess you could say. Um, since he came in the league, he's won more games. I think he's figuring some more things out. Um, things that he likes to do and things that make him successful. Um, I'm not sure if he uses the D-line or not. I think I said earlier, I think I remember him doing it, but I'm not sure. Um, and I'm not 100% sure on his personnel. Um, I haven't kept up a lot with his squad. I probably should have done more research on him before I, um, before I started this. But like I said, not severely in-depth, just my thoughts. But R. Fox is definitely a guy that... Uh, that is slowly progressing and getting better. Um, he is at five and six right now. He's a little under 500. So he could very well slip off the playoff slope if he doesn't um, string together some games. Or if he does, he could very well sneak in. In my personal opinion, I think like it depends. Honestly, everything shakes out, but nine and seven is a really good thing to shoot for um, as like you're in the playoffs. Um, eight and eight. I think uh, could somewhat like I think Jake got in at eight and eight one time and was severely um, shocked. But nine and seven is kind of my my goal. Of course, I would like to do better, but I would feel decent finishing nine and seven. So, but at that um, that being said, if nine and seven is what R Fox is shooting for, and that's probably um, besides winning out the best he could do, he can only lose one more game in order to reach that. So that's going to be something to keep your eye on. I'm not sure his remaining schedule, but um, 
we'll see with Art Box. I hope he does well too. I want to see some of these uh, these guys that haven't cracked the playoffs yet get in the playoffs, just so uh, they can make some noise and just get the. I want to experience the Red Zone playoffs, even though I know I will get smacked repeatedly. Um, and I don't think it's like some sort of like playoff hump. Like once you get there, you're you're pretty solidified there, especially with the way my roster is. Um, but I'm just rooting for a lot of these new guys uh, do do some things. Um, I can't really think of anything else I would like to talk on right now. This kind of ran over a little bit longer than I thought it would. Um, I appreciate you guys if you listened uh, thus far. Um, I think that is it. Thank you for listening to the Cincinnati podcast, the best podcast coming out of the AFC North, because I think I'm the only podcast coming out of the AFC North, so I'll at least claim that. Y'all have a great day. Listen to this, whatever you're doing, driving, in the bathroom, getting your own personal sacred time, and we'll talk to you guys soon.